Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful and lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And there she is, and here we are, and we are glad to be back with you for another episode of The Abnormal Christian. Thanks for listening, everyone who gives us their time and attention. We do genuinely appreciate it, and we are always surprised at how the Lord is moving with the podcast um, it looks like January this month uh, could be our largest uh, month so far. It continues to, to climb upward as far as listens go. Um, we would encourage you to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, if you can, with your friends and family. If you want to keep the podcast all to yourself, that's absolutely fine as well. Um, but we would ask that you would help us share this with others so that this ministry can kind of grow, so that the uh, the Word of God can be spread, um, and so that you know we can you know, we, we'll have a listening audience because that's really kind of we're here to talk to you. So uh, this episode is going to be called uh, "What Must I Do?" Um, and this is really a question that comes out of the Scripture. The Bible is the question is "What must I do to be saved?" But I wanted to stop before uh, the "be saved" part because I think there's a lot that can be asked. In the first half of that question, in what must I do? Um, and so we're looking at this week, we're kind of getting into a little bit of um, a lot more things that we're seeing um, in the social realms. We've talked about churches closing the doors in the past. We've talked about uh, people in different countries. We've talked about, you know, the uh, persecuted church around the world. Uh, the podcast so far... Um, has not had a huge foothold in the rest of the world outside of the United States. Currently, I would say 99% of our listens are coming from within the United States, which is, is fantastic. Uh, we really do appreciate that, and, and we love that. But we also want it to be a ministry to the world, so we do have a lot of places that Mozambique and Ethiopia and Liberia, and I mean, just a lot of places I never thought that we would ever be heard have been heard, or, or they're hearing the podcast. And so you'll have, uh, any given month, we'll have... Have, um, you know, maybe 10 or 12 in, uh, in Canada or 10 or 12 in Australia or um, somewhere in the world that's just really bizarre. We'll have some, uh, I think one month we had four or five in Iraq, just four or five listens. The same month in Nigeria, I believe last month where there were, um, it was 11 or 12 Christians who were uh, killed for the gospel, we had 12 listens in Nigeria. So there's this, this contrast that we really enjoy that uh, we know people around the world, they may not understand our version of English simply because it has a Southern drawl to it. Um, but the very fact that people are listening and, and we are able to uh, talk to others around the world uh, about the common gospel, the common knowledge of Jesus Christ that we as believers should have. There should be a common unity among those who believe. Um, this is what Jesus had prayed for uh, to the Father. They may be one in, in me as I am in you. And uh, the common unity should be that we could all sit around together, no matter where we're from, whatever tribe we are, whatever tongue we are, and we could talk about the goodness of God and the great graciousness of Jesus to lay his life down for us. Um, and I think that is something that we expressly want people to understand. So we come to the question of what must I do to be saved? And like I said before, we want to kind of, I want to focus on the first half of this. Um, what must I do? Because there's a lot of um, prerequisites that are being put on that have been put on people for the last 2000 years. Since Jesus came and was crucified and rose from the dead, um, the, the simple question has been, what do I need to do for salvation? Uh, and really that's the basic uh, gist of everything. 
after we have salvation, it should be this growing process to where we're in a relationship with God uh, through Jesus, and we are seeking Him, and we're looking for Him in His Word. Now, in the current culture that we live in, the world we live in, people want to seek God in the metaphysical or in the supernatural or in the some other alternative to God's Word. Um, there are such churches we've spoken of before where um, healing and speaking in tongues and all these things are so much more important than even the Word of God. Uh, one pastor had said at one time, you know, um, you should be led by the Holy Spirit. You really don't even need the Bible because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. And while he's got a portion of accuracy there, um, this is the word of God. If you want God to speak to you, people often say, why can't I hear the voice of God? Well, have you opened your Bible? Because that's where it's at. Um, he's going to speak to us through his word. He's He said, honestly, everything here that we really need to know. Um, and so if we're looking for God and we want to have that relationship, we've got to be in his word. We need to be studying the word of God, examining, cross-examining, even this podcast, I encourage anyone to cross-examine the things that we say and go back and look and see if it's in the Bible. Study, see if it's there. And if it's not there, then don't listen to it. If I give my opinion on something and it's not accurate, don't listen to my opinion. Um, and that's fine. I, and it doesn't hurt my feelings at all because... The Word of God is the only thing that we should stand on. Now, that being the case, there are things that we cannot or we should not lay at people's feet, and we've, we've covered some of these before. Um, I do not believe, and this is according to the Word of God, that we have the, or we should, lay any kind of condemnation at the feet of our brethren or, or the feet of our, our sisters or the feet of our family. Um, the, the, we just went through Acts chapter 9 last week, and we talked about Ananias coming to Saul. Uh, when Saul was blind, he was blind from his conversion. And he's sitting there and Ananias comes to him. Now he could have laid uh, all these things at his feet. He could have put all this condemnation at Saul's feet. He could have came into the room and said, uh, you did all these horrible things, but you know what? God has decided to forgive you. And so um, now I'm going to heal you. But he doesn't. He walks in the door and the first thing he says is brother. He calls Saul his brother because he's not laying condemnation at his feet. He knows Saul has dealt with these sins. Now in the body of Christ, when we have this same kind of situation to where uh, you know, we don't want to call some things specific sins and then some things we do call sins and it depends on your position within uh, the body of Christ. You've got some who are in the ministry who that is their function and they're doing that 24-7 and they're, they're pastors and they're preachers and they're teachers and, they're, and they're, they're expressly in the word of God. And then you have a person who is in the, um, the secular realm who is working a job maybe 50, 60, 70 hours a week. There's going to be a bit of a difference between the expectation of one to the other. So uh, it's easy for the person who works all week long to say, you don't understand me because I work all week long and I'm, I'm tired and I'm physically exhausted and there's certain things I can't do. I don't have the time to go out and knock on doors and soul win and I don't have the time to, you know, even I'm not always at church. I'm not at Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I'm not here every time the door is open. I, I don't have that ability. So the person who's working might say that. And then on the other side of it, you have the person whose life is built and wrapped up in the ministry and they um, don't, <laughs> honestly, they don't understand why everyone else is not on fire like they are. This is something that, I, you know, we even experience at, at the level of even doing a podcast. And I've felt this frustration in my own life um, to where I have 
I get so excited about something that God shows me and I want to tell it to someone. And when I tell it to them, they're like, oh yeah, well, that's great. Right? So this is, is there's this zeal and this burning to want to share the gospel and the message of Jesus with others. And when you, you tell a, a brother or sister in Christ, sometimes they don't have the same zeal. And it would be very easy to condemn that person and say, I don't understand. You say you're a Christian. How come you're not on as far for, you know, for God as much as I am? How come you're dependence on God is not the same that mine is. You know, and we talked about dependency of God and where, where we're at. We want to be dependent on God in all things because that's what our life should be. But when it comes down to it, the amount of dependence that I have versus someone else, that's not something for me to lay on somebody else and say, why aren't you doing what I am doing? Um, one of the greatest things uh, I read a couple months ago was uh, really kind of, I won't say it was eye-opening, but it, it brought back a, a thought to my mind that said, um, instead of measuring everyone else against what you're doing, measure yourself against the word of God. Um, and you know, and this is, it's tough because we live in a generation where everybody wants to measure themselves by someone else. Uh, your, your social media empires, your social media, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, uh, there's constant things where people are taking photos of themselves and they're manipulating what people see and their, their, um, the face tuning and their body tuning and they're changing their appearance to appear a certain way because they're trying to keep up with someone else. So in the church, we shouldn't do that. And and we've gone over some of these and real, that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. Really, what must I do? Um, as a believer, what are my responsibilities as a Christian? Um, what are my responsibilities to the word of God? Uh, first and foremost, uh, for, I'm struggling with that word. You got it? First and foremost. There it is. <laughs> so first and foremost, I think my responsibility as a believer is to, uh, you know, we're going to give our life over completely to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. I think you, you can't get around that. That is probably one of the most important things you can do is submission and subjection to God. Um, there's still a lot of people out there who may, maybe it's position-wise or maybe it's their... Um, you ever know, you've known people who've been in something for a long time um, and they think they're the best at it because they've been in it a long time. Mm, yeah. I right. feel like that. Exactly. You, you're in the medical field, and I'm sure you've met those people. We talk about, you know, uh, and, and this is the joke we kind of share sometimes as uh, uh, doctors, right? And so I'm, I'm always saying, well, they all went to medical school, right? All your doctors that are out here went to medical school. Somebody got a D. Somebody didn't do really well. Somebody barely passed. Exactly. So we don't ever think about that when we go to the doctor, that this guy might not be the guy. He might have had some really shady grades, or he, he was out doing things he shouldn't have done, but here I am, and I'm in his office, and he's got a nice smile, so I trust him, right? Um, so longevity in something doesn't really mean that we have a, a great, great grasp or knowledge on it. I know Christians who have been in church for their whole life. I've known some who have been in church 40 and 50 years and have a tenuative grasp upon the word of God, have a very, you know, I, I had an argument one time with a gentleman and, uh, and he kept saying to me, well, my pastor said, well, my preacher said, well, he said, and I said, why do you keep saying that? You know, does the word of God say, we were talking about a biblical, um, position that I had and it was different than his position. And I said, I can back the position up. I believe in with scripture. What are you backing it up with? And he said, my preacher said, my preacher said, man, I said, that's not good enough. That's not going to hold up. You know, when you get to heaven, if this scenario ever occurred that you, God asked you a question, he's not going to take the answer that my preacher said, he's not going to say, how come you, you did this sin, but you didn't know it was sin. Oh yeah. My preacher didn't preach on that. 
My preacher didn't tell me. My preacher told me that I had to do this. My preacher told me that I had to do that, right? So you can't, this dependence on someone else, just because they've been in that for a long time is not, doesn't hold water. So when it comes down to that submission to Jesus and giving our life to God and, and submitting our lives to him fully, it has to be from this position that um, I've got to do this myself. I can't depend upon anybody else. <clears throat> you have people who are going to support you, brothers and sisters in Christ. You're going to have people who maybe mentor you in the word, um, but you can't depend upon somebody else. And, and that being the, also the case, you who are long in the scripture, you who have studied deep in the word, it, it, I think the more you know, the less you feel like you know. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Especially when it comes to the Word of God, right? So general common knowledge that we have in the world is a little bit different. The more you know about, uh, say, working on a car, you know, the more you take it apart and the more you fix it, the more you know about this car, you know how it runs, you know generally how all cars run. The Word of God is really different because the more you know about it, it just seems like there's a lot there you don't know. You dig and you think, oh, I got something. And then you realize, man, I didn't have it. You know, you look back at your last five years of being in the Word of God and you go, man, I really didn't have anything all those five years. I thought I had something. Well, I mean, I think for you and I, like we both grew up in church. We went to, we graduated from Christian high schools. Um, you know, you, you think you have, because I mean, we had to take Bible as a class for four years in high school. I thought I had a fairly good grasp. Right. You think you got a good grasp but, on it. And... But, you know, going through just the study of Acts, I'm like, how, I don't, I don't remember. I don't, how do I not know this? Did, did I not pay attention? Was I not awake? And it's, it's the truth. I think once you, you know, the Bible talks about the, um, the children of Israel, the Jewish people having scales over their eyes. It talks about Saul had scales over his eyes and they had to be pulled off. And I think you could study and you could read, but you might not ever understand that those scales are not removed. And even for believers, we, we self-impose those scales because I think we feel like we got salvation. And honestly, this is what I think most people assume or feel like is that salvation is the pinnacle, right? I'm horrible. I'm wretched. I'm lost. And now I'm saved and boom, I'm at the top. I'm, I'm, it's good. I'm all good. Then, uh, you know, and then I'm, and then I'm sitting in a church pew every Sunday, or I'm going to Sunday school, and I'm, I'm here, I'm here. It's cool, I'm here. So, you know, it, it's, it's not this, um, this thing of uh, wanting to know more. And I think that's the difference, right? So, people are going to say what they want to say about going to church, and I have a, this is strictly Brad Mason's opinion area. So, <clears throat> before I upset anyone, a disclaimer. Yes, before I upset anyone or I step on anyone's toes. Um, I will. I, I want you to know this is just my opinion. Um, this is how I feel about the subject, and you can throw this away and not listen to it, or you can you can maybe agree with me. But I think that um, if you're just doing the motion of going, if it's just a social uh, gathering for you, you're going for the wrong reasons. If it's uh, if it's because someone is making you feel bad about not coming, you're going for the wrong reasons. If it's uh, you know, I think it should be. When we talk about it, it should be this desire to be with family. You know, we're, we're going to go be with our family. These are the people that we're going to spend eternity with. And, you know, it's it's nice and wonderful to get together and to share with them and to have this time with them. And it's maybe this your week's been crazy and all the things are going wrong. And here's your opportunity to to go in and maybe learn something and, and hopefully dig into the Word of God, get a little bit deeper and have this moment with these people who all desire the same thing. That's what it's supposed to be. And that's what we should want from that. We should want these, these, these times 
times of congregation to where we get together. And, and I know it's all semantics, right? But church is the people. It's not the building. It's never been the building. It's always the people. And I, I get so aggravated and frustrated when I hear people say, you're not at church. No, I'm not at congregation. That's what you mean. Church is the body. That's ecclesia means congregation. Um, the Catholic church over the years, when the Catholic church was established, they made the church the place you had to go to get holiness. You have to come here if you want forgiveness from the priest. You had to come and confess your sins. You have to come here if you want to take the sacrament. You want to take the bread and the wine. You've got to come here if you want to go to heaven. Because you, to them, you couldn't do it outside those walls. You, you have to come here to be cleansed. And so it became that this building is the church, and you're just the people. And the people need to come. You know the old thing, here's the church, here's, here's the, the steeple. steeple. Open, Open the, the door. doors. Look right. at all the people. No, the, the church is not the building. The church is never meant to be the building. And so even in our English, and we still use it inappropriately and incorrectly, we still call the place we go the church, this building. It's sanctified. We gave this building to God, therefore it's the church. No, it's not the church. God doesn't sit in there. He doesn't wait on us to show up. He uh, He comes when we're there together. He, he comes when we join together. But we have to get this idea and understanding that the body of Christ is the church, the people of are the church. And without the people, you don't really have a church. You don't really have that. Uh, you have a building and it's either empty or it's full. That's all it is. So I like to use the word congregation because that's a better description of ecclesia from the Greek. Um, and so, you know, those it, we, we got to get out of this idea that um, it can't be a beat up type thing. I just don't I'll never understand that, and and I've got plenty of uh, preacher friends who might maybe they'll disagree with me. I've gotten letters before from churches that I've left, and I said, "Hey, I I'm moving on. I'm going in a different direction." And I got a letter in the mail, and it was uh, it was supposed to be encouraging. I get that, but it came from this perspective of you're doing something wrong because you're not coming here anymore, and you're disobeying God. Correct, which is not up to anyone. My calling and what God calls me to do, and where God leads me to go, is what God is calling me to do and leading me to go. And we we so many times need to listen to the Lord and maybe not listen so much to somebody else telling me what I'm doing. Um, and now, don't get me wrong. I think if it's sin in our lives, if there's obvious sin that the Scripture calls sin, not conjecture, but sin, um, it's something for our brother to come up and say, "Hey, you're you you know you're doing this," and, and the Scripture says that's sinful. And you know, is is there some way we can get out of that? Is there something we can do to, to change that behavior? Um, that's different. But I think when we when we talk about what must I do to be saved, you know, the only thing you have to do to be saved is, is confess your sins to the Father, believe in your heart that He raised Jesus from the dead, and you're saved. And that's that's it. That's your salvation. Now, we're not supposed to take that for granted, right? We're not supposed to abuse that grace. We're not supposed to abuse the um, the salvation that's been given to us. But at the same time, I don't think we, we want to um, beat each other up with it, that you're not as good as I am, or you're not doing what I expect you to do. And that's a difficult thing. Because honestly, you, we live in America, and I, I couldn't tell you, I've read... Uh, so many articles on how the church in America, a lot of churches are closing their doors um, because people are not coming back anymore. Um, people are staying away from whatever, you know, there was, I was talking to somebody today and they were talking about their local church and they said, we have a new, we had a new pastor and the old pastor left because he was a gold digger. And he said, you know what that means, don't you? And I said, yeah, I know what that means. He said, yeah, yeah. Everything was about, you know, he wanted credit cards. And I'm not saying they're all like that, but I think this, um, 
the people are really get burnt out on that kind of stuff. The, uh, the little, the little nitpicky things. And so they eventually people stop coming and, and it's difficult because churches in America depend upon the congregation to show up the buildings, the, the function, the organization there depends upon people to show up and it does depend, but you know, your local congregation does depend upon you giving to keep it going. It's not just going to happen and maybe it will, maybe God will provide any way he wants to, but you know, if we're a body of Christ and we're a family, we should be giving, um, so it does depend upon you uh, to keep the doors open. If you enjoy the congregation that you go to, definitely, you know, you want to support that. Well, I think I liken it to, you know, in the last mm, 10 to 20 years, they've had classes where you can take online, right? So some people don't do well in online classes. They actually need to go. They need a teacher to sit there and verbalize the content in order for them to understand and comprehend what they need to learn. Now, some people do really well with online classes. They can, they can self-focus themselves. They can motivate themselves. And it kind of reminds me of the same thing. Like not everybody needs to go and put their rear end in a well, I, I get what you're saying, and and I can agree to agree. I can agree on on a lot of different levels there with that, um, and I know there's going to be people who are going to disagree with that because they're going to say they want that that uh, corporate worship, um, which I, I'm a huge fan of. I think we both are. We believe in that corporate worship. We believe that the congregation should get together whenever they can, um, and, and we believe that people should want and desire to do that. Uh, the difference is, and we've talked about this before, is we're a lot of people like even us. We're working 60, 70 hours a week, and it's very difficult to find the time. And, and people are going to say, well, you know, you're not making time. No, I actually work on Sunday. I mean, it's not like I'm not making time. This is the, the schedule I have. Um, and so we're a lot of times our lives because well, we, you need to just find a different well, job. It doesn't work that way. It's not always that simple. This is where God led me. Right. So I believe God led me to the place that I'm at. Um, and I'm going to let the Lord lead me to wherever he wants me to go next. And when he decides to open doors and moves, that's what I do. Um, but the, the point is that it is incredible. We should be encouraging each other. It's not this idea of we got to get out of the mentality that um, your salvation is dependent upon something you do because we don't believe that. I don't believe salvation is by works. Um, I believe it's by grace through faith, right? So then I shouldn't ever tell you that you're failing God in what you're doing. What I should be doing is trying to encourage you and saying, what can I do to help you? What can we do if you're having a hard time making it to um, your local congregation? Perhaps the congregation is streaming online. Perhaps um, you're, you know, there are people in your church who are filming the service and are posting it or maybe on Facebook or something. And you can watch that and you can be a part of that. I think we really have to get to the, the modern church, current church. Um, and, and I use that term, you know, like, the, right, like it's used. I use it like we currently use it in culture. Um, but the, the modern body and operating organization of the congregation um, has to, is going to have to do a lot more in the social realm online, um, really because technology, and, and as much as I'm against a lot of technology in the congregation, you, to get your message to people in the world, you're going to have to use a lot of, t and technology is making it so much more easy. When I was a kid, my dad worked at a radio station, and for your radio station broadcast, Broadcast to be um, somewhere else besides the listening area, it would have to be syndicated. Somebody's going to have to pick it up and do it in a different market. Um, but with the internet, we have the uh, you know we have the ability. Even this podcast is going around the world to different people. I never thought that would ever happen. And so you have we have to look at it you know from many different ways of saying um, if your if your congregation is struggling and you're looking at closing your doors, you're going to have to be a little more creative on how can I 
capitalize? How can we use perhaps a social media structure to reach out to people, to let people know? You know, I'm not saying long gone are the days of knocking on doors and inviting people to the congregation, um, but those days, as worried as the world is, those days get harder and harder because people are less trustful. They're they're less willing to open the door and, and meet a stranger and sit and talk about the gospel. We've all had the Jehovah's Witness come by our house, and we've all stared out the window and been like, I hope they go away. You know, Everybody be quiet. Right. We're... Shh, the Mormons are out there. So um, we've all done that. And and I think that's the the world. The, the further we slip into um, fear, because that's what I think happens, I think we're going to see more of that. And so as a body of Christ, it is beneficial for us to be able to, uh, to, to have the access that we have to the rest of the world. And so your local congregation, you know, you really got to look at um, perhaps if you're, you're, like I said, your congregation struggling, maybe you start looking into some online things to really start um, helping you spread the message in your own community, um, looking for ways to get it out because people are staring at their phones all the time while they're driving and they're not supposed to. They do anyway. But people are always there, and we've got to find a way to engage people where they're at. And we always need to come at it from love. We can't, you know, even if we think that we're coming, uh, you know, we're going to come over here and smack them in the face with this truth. But as long as I say something nice at the bottom or at the end, you know, well, don't mean this uh, offensively, that doesn't make it any less hurtful the whole time you're saying it. So finding a way, we got to find a way to say and do things in love to encourage one another um, to, uh, to want, I mean, to continue on. And the real struggle here is this is the real deal. We're, we're coming to the end of this. But here's the real deal, right? Is life difficult? Very much. Is it tiring? Yes. If you're working in uh, the secular field, as we do, do we, are there days we get home and we are exhausted? Yes. We, you know, we understand. And do, do you think the Lord understands that? Do you think he knows that? I think he knows every one of our struggles. He knows every struggle. You know, I was thinking the other day when Jesus went up the hill, uh, he, he carried his cross. He had already been beaten and bruised, and he had already been, I mean, just physically, um, I don't want to say destroyed, but he was just beaten to a pulp. And then he's given this huge wooden cross to carry, and he's got to walk with this thing. I've been going and working out at the gym, and I was picking up some weights, and I thought, how did he do that? You know, I know he fell a couple times, but that had to be physically exhausting. I mean, he's already in a beaten state, you know, and he understands. When we say, well, does the Lord understand our physical weariness? Absolutely, he does. He understands every aspect of it. And so, you know, I, I would encourage, I want to encourage you as a believer to, if you have the opportunity to get in your local congregation, find a congregation that fits within um, where the Lord wants you to be, a, a place you feel like home. Um, and if you don't have the opportunity to do that, if you're working so much that you can't get out of the house, man, definitely get on the internet and start looking up some good, uh, there's plenty of sermons on YouTube you can listen to. There's plenty of uh, Paul Walser and some of these guys out there who are really uh preaching the word of Costi Hinn. Love that guy. I think he's doing a great job in Arizona. Um, there's some old sermons and old pastors that you can look up on YouTube. Get some of those sermons, get some of that word into your life and let the Lord sustain you and let him keep you up and let him keep you moving and, uh, and let him drive and direct where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do. And that, my friend, is what we're supposed to be doing in the body of Christ. Encourage one another with these 
words until the day of his return so that we can encourage each other that Christ is coming and all we have to do is, is keep pressing on, keep running the race until we're finished and complete. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We really appreciate you listening. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can reach us at the abnormal Christian at gmail.com. I would give you my phone number, but somebody might actually call me. So <laughs> we might, we might do something like that later. Anyway, um, we hope to hear, uh, well, not hear you, but, uh, hear from you in the future. And, uh, we hope to talk with you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.